0: This is Resource ResourceCast, a podcast on the natural resource industry. Here you can listen to the latest on how mining, energy, water and other natural resources based industries are changing around the world. We discuss how from being the most hated and despised extractive industries... A new mindset is changing the face of the resource industry. How are they becoming more responsive to the needs of the people? Hi everyone, I am You your host for one of the most crucial podcasts you are possibly going to get addicted every week we bring you a new facet of the resource industry the mining oil and gas forest water land food production and many others so let us get started this is the introductory episode of resource cast i will explain why we decided to do this podcast. Natural resources make our civilization possible. Everything from the raw materials that shape our build homes, fertilizers to produce food, and energy to power our devices come from Earth's natural capital. Yet, these industries call themselves quote-unquote extractive industries. This may sound very well to people who understand the industry. But for the person on the street, the name sounds disconcerting. What are these people extracting? Do they leave anything behind? Oil and gas and mining companies are wealthy, but hardly anyone loves these companies. From being the most profitable companies in the world, employing millions of people, How do these companies turn out to be the most despised in the world? Can they do anything to redeem themselves? I will join industry leaders across the world in the coming episodes to examine this question. Before that, let me put the issue more in the correct context. Resource industry is some $20 trillion global machine. It is actually as large as 20% of the world's economy. It is indeed the backbone of the global economy. Yet, 2019 has ended on a sad note for this industry. 50 energy companies in the US has filed for bankruptcy in 2019. Major oil and gas companies like Shell, BP and Chevron had not just a few millions, but billions of dollars in write-downs. Saudi Aramco IPO did not go well as anticipated. Goldman Sachs withdrew from financing new oil exploration or drilling in the Arctic, as well as new thermal coal mines anywhere in the world. Other banks, financial institutions and sovereign funds have declared similar views. The International Energy Agency predicts that oil demand will peak in the next five years, that is by around 2025. The coal industry is already in a death spiral. Mining industry also is struggling. What is surprising, even the renewable energy sector has its share of troubles these are some of the pointers on how 2020 and the next decade will look as far as resources are concerned oil gas and minerals are not the only natural resources we are going to talk here we have water land forest and many other resources What is the state of affairs for these critical resources? One professor, quite a long time back, told me that all the scientists in the world put together are going to do only one thing in the future, looking for water. Our surface and groundwater resources are being depleted at alarming rates. Climate change is driving out the moisture from soils, making it more prone to erosion. Over 45 billion tons of soil are lost to erosion every year. Desertification is taking hold in all the continents. For example, the Sahara Desert is creeping into Spain and Europe. Tropical forest cover, the most massive sink, of co2 is shrinking amazon is burning and most australia is on fire natural resource production value addition and its use though essential for maintaining a necessary quality of life has its downsides The resources are often finite and require enormous energy and other resource inputs to transform it for productive use. It is ubiquitously accompanied by a significant amount of impacts or what we call as externalities. Resource production and consumption have impacted the delicate equilibrium of this planet in many ways and its contribution to carbon emissions biodiversity impacts and the vast quantities of waste produced are some of the acute ramifications seen today since 1987 when the bud plant report known as our common future was published the question of sustainability of resource production and use has been raised in several forums. In 2015, the world recognized the need for concerted action on sustainable development. This action has to arise from governments, industry, the public, and after a lot of deliberations, the Sustainable Development Goals or SDGs was inaugurated and a new vision and mission for everyone everywhere was created. Five years into implementing SDGs, it will be worthwhile to consider the current paradigm in closer detail. That is what we aim to do in this podcast. We will continually go back to the question of SDGs and its relationship to the natural resource world. It has to be understood that whether the current practices are the most efficient ones and the accompanying externalities, though undesirable, are not avoidable. Resources are being produced in a manner At least since the Industrial Revolution in the mid 18th century, in a way that considers techno economic viability and to ensure the most cost viable route possible. In such a situation, in play, the industry has perfected various technologies to produce resources and make them available to the growing needs of the society in a timely and affordable manner. Today, our horizon of knowledge has expanded vastly and it makes perfect sense to analyze the current construct of resource management and see how close it lies with the SDG requirements. Full cost accounting of the entire life cycle of the resource management makes it easier to understand all costs and benefits. Nothing is more starkly recognized today than the cost burden that resource management practices imposes on the current and future generations. Short Termism. Or the excessive focus on immediate benefits could be a paradigm that shaped life's evolutionary past. With no excellent capacity to remember far into the past or look far into the future, immediate actions of survival is all that mattered. Recently, I came across a book a science fiction book which was discussing this issue from a different angle. According to the hypothesis that was promoted by this book, it was said that the life evolved first in the oceans. And in the oceans, sunlight is not very much available. And the life has to manage with a fair amount of darkness all around and in this situation what happens is the the immediate vision is what the life has and when the brain evolved in the oceans it took into the fact that immediate impulses immediate responses is all that is required But later when life got onto the land and when sunlight was available in plenty, the brain remained in the previous construct of reacting only to immediate impulses. Even though the eyes could see kilometers ahead, far into the future, that is not something the brain has the capacity to handle. It is not that... Eyes are seeing forward. In reality, when we look into a larger distance of five kilometers, four kilometers, or something like that, what we see is our past. Because the light which is coming from further objects or places are actually coming after a slight delay than from immediate objects and immediate surroundings so the farther we look it is actually looking into the into the past just like astronomers when they use powerful telescopes to look into light years into into the universe what they are seeing is uh, very far past of the of our galaxy and other galaxies so the human brain or the animal brain which evolved into human brain is more tuned to facing immediate threat, seeing how to escape from situations which are immediate in nature, rather than contemplate on the root causes. So this is where I want to bring this whole discussion. short termism versus long-term planning. Being a toolmaker, human beings marked a new beginning in the futuristic thinking. Some amount of planning is required. But the evolutionary artifact of short-termism still dominates human actions. Race for quick results is desirable in many situations. However, they often leave behind problems that take a long time to reveal itself. So this is where I like to bring in the concepts of systems thinking. Systems thinking has a long history. It has been developed over many decades now, but it has not been fully utilized in many fields. And the, the area of resource management is one such field. Systems thinking is one aspect which will be, we will be discussing in this podcast again and again. This approach includes Delay as a necessary component. So for every action we take, there need not be an immediate effect. It could come, the The effect of an action can come after a short or a long delay. So this confuses people. It, it confuses everyone. What caused a certain thing to happen, whether there was a cause at all or there was a different cause, etc. will become matter of discussion after something happens. This is because of delay which is inherent in our, in our systems. So coming to our business of resource management, take the example of the quickest path available to go to the desired goal. That is producing some resources for use of society. In long term this task is, is repeated countless times and the energy required for doing this task or the energy expended for getting some raw materials or getting crude oil out of the ground can become more effective but it could become also threatening to the sustainability of the planet. If, if you are taking out energy from uh, a finite stock, it could become life-threatening at some point. The production of industrial waste is another example of short-term, non-planning-based thinking. When we do most of our resource production, we end up with materials or residues which we don't have any immediate use of. So we call it waste, and then we think that the best way of handling it is to dispose it somewhere. In the past it used to be discarded where it was found but when new regulations came this kind of residues were more actively stored in disposal sites. But the production of industrial waste is an extreme example of short-term thinking. This has blighted our civilization since the start of at least industrial revolution. The problem of climate change, which is due to a waste called carbon dioxide and many other related greenhouse gases is because of wasting a material which, for which we could not find a suitable use. All the problems we face today, be it environmental pollution or global warming, are the result of such short-term non-system thinking that ignores small consequences and fails to consider the delays. When we were producing CO2 by burning materials we never thought that the concentration of CO2 in the atmosphere will reach to a level that will create a large impact on the environment. I can take another example of the phosphate mining industry. This is an industry which is very essential for our society. It provides the essential materials for fertilizer production. The plants which are grown to produce food grains or vegetables or fruits require three essential soil nutrients. One is nitrogen, second one is phosphorus, and third is potassium. So take the phosphorus source, which is a phosphate rock, and and this rock is seen widely all over the world, but essentially today the main production centers of phosphate rock is a belt which stretches from Latin America to China the nucleus of this production is in middle east and, and north africa in countries like morocco tunisia egypt jordan saudi arabia etc the problem with phosphate rock which is available on the surface of earth is is that it is not water soluble the plants which are grown to make food needs water soluble phosphorus so that they can their roots can take it inside the plants. There are several options to make the rocks which contain phosphorus water soluble, and one of the cheapest and most efficient way of doing is to digest the rocks in sulfuric acid and make it into an intermediate product called phosphoric acid, which is. Just uh, an acid with, with, with low pH. From this intermediate product of phosphoric acid, phosphate fertilizer product like MAP, that is monoammonium phosphate, DAP, that is diammonium phosphate, etc. are prepared. Sometimes nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium fertilizers called NPK fertilizers are produced by mixing for various phosphorus products with nitrogen and potassium products, there is a big problem with this sulfuric acid digestion of phosphatic phosphate rock to produce phosphoric acid. It produces a product, a byproduct called or a co-product called gypsum, and for every ton of phosphoric acid produced, five to six tons of gypsum is also produced as a co-product. We have a major issue with the fertilizer industry today that is what to do with this gypsum that is being produced at five to six times the rate of the phosphate product. The industry didn't find any productive use of this material. Ever since this production route has been active or in practice for the last 50 or 60 years. Nobody thought about what we should be doing with this gypsum. So this gypsum was considered as a waste. It is still considered as a waste in many countries and it is being piled up in disposal sites. The world may have up to 5 billion tons of this gypsum stored in different countries. And this is becoming a major problem, a limitation for the phosphate fertilizer industry. Regulators all over the world are asking them to find a solution for gypsum. And if they are not able to find the solution, they are being threatened that their industries will be closed down. So it is not just the loss of jobs or closing down of an industrial plant that is the concern. What will happen to the agricultural sector if there are no phosphate fertilizer suppliers around? So this is a serious question which uh, everyone has to consider. But most importantly the fertilizer industry. What we have to look into is to see solution for residues like that when resources are produced and utilized. There are other residues which are creating problems for the whole resource industry. Oil and gas has to deal with petroleum coke, which is a byproduct when crude oil is Refined to, to make lighter oils which, which can, we can use in transportation and other uses. We have the aluminium industry which treats bauxite ores to produce aluminium metal and during the process a byproduct called red mud which is basically a muddy siliceous substance with a lot of ferric content or iron content in that is produced and that is usually a sludgy material which means it is very difficult to store it and very easily it could breach its storage containers and contaminate the land around. We have several accidents of red mud contamination happening around the world. So these are issues which the industry's mind is deeply focused on today. It is not the problem of resources in the ground that is a concern, but what happens when these resources are produced into useful products and the externalities like waste, emissions, etc. that are of importance today. So the industry will have to see how they can find ways to tackle these issues. And this could be done only by bringing in a template of systems thinking. What we plan to do in this, in this podcast is to find these issues to highlight these issues and then then see what are the available ideas on how this could be made into positive things for the society rather than negative externalities. So what we are planning to do in this podcast is to introduce a number of principles, a, a set of 10 to 12 principles that should be essentially and necessarily adult by the resource industry. And also discuss five to six power tools that could be used to dissect these principles and understand it in more depth and see how resource management or resource production could be done in a more sustainable manner, in an intelligent manner than that it is done today. So, this is a short introduction to this podcast. We hope to come back to you soon, at least once in a week, with more discussions on some of the issues which uh, I touched upon today. We will go more into the principles which I have alluded to in this introductory episode. We will go more into the power tools also that is available for dealing with some of these issues. I hope you will come back to listen to the future episodes of this podcast. And You will find it enjoyable and also useful in your day-to-day life. Thank you very much for staying with me today. See you soon and have a good new year.